This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University, WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone. For this Friday, April 23rd, 2021, I'm Michaela Wheeler. And I'm Carter Truman. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, SpaceX launches third crew with recycled rocket and capsule. All on your daily, only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Bradley Wells will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Christian Palmer will be in with the FM 88 sports report. The current temperature outside is a cloudy 61 degrees. And now on to our top story. Leaders of a North Carolina city where a black man was shot and killed by deputies serving search and drug-related warrants are planning to urge a court to release body camera video of the shooting. The calls for transparency come amid growing concern that Andrew Brown Jr. was killed as he was trying to drive away. A notice posted by the city council in Elizabeth City said it intended today to have the city attorney petition a local court to make the video public. In North Carolina, a judge must generally sign off on release of body camera footage. The unique circumstances surrounding Derek Chauvin's trial and George Floyd's death could offer the former Minneapolis police officer some shot at winning a retrial on appeal, though most legal experts agree it's a long shot. Chauvin, who is white, kneeled on Floyd's neck for nearly nine and a half minutes last May, killing the 46-year-old black man and sparking some of the largest protests in the U.S. history. His conviction was seen by many across the country as, civil right, as a civil rights milestone. The defense has said it was impossible for Chauvin to get a fair trial in the city because of the of pre-trial publicity and community pressure on jurors to convict. That claim is sure to underpin any appeal. The sprawling hacking campaign came to be known as SolarWinds for the company whose software update was seeded by Russian intelligence agents with malware to penetrate government and private networks. Yet it was Microsoft whose code the cyber spies persistently abused in a high-value excuse me, in a campaign's second stage as they rifled their emails and vital files of high-value targets and hopped undetected among victim networks. And that has put the world's third most valuable company in the hot seat. Lawmakers are insisting that Microsoft swiftly upgrade security to what they believe should have provided in the first place and do it without fleecing taxpayers. Police responding to a person gripped by a mental health or drug crisis can lead to tragic results. Now a government health program will help communities set up an alternative. Mobile teams of behavioral health practitioners and paramedics trained in de-escalating such potential volatile situations. The effort to reinvent policing after the death of George Floyd in police custody is getting an assist from from Medicaid, the federal state health insurance program for low-income people. President Joe Biden's recent coronavirus relief bill calls for an estimated $1 billion over 10 years in federal payments to states that set up mobile crisis teams, now locally operated in only a handful of places, including Oregon. SpaceX has launched its third crew in under a year for NASA, this time using a recycled rocket and capsule. A Falcon rocket carrying four astronauts blasted into orbit early this morning from Florida's Kennedy Space Center. The Dragon capsule should reach the International Space Station tomorrow. It's the same capsule that carried up the first SpaceX crew last May. And the rocket hoisted the second crew in November. SpaceX founder Elon Musk met briefly with the U.S. 
French, and Japanese astronauts before they headed to the launch pad. Coming up, woman convicted in death of five-year-old grandson. That and more news from across the tri-state when News Center 88 returns right after this. Are you tired of spinning that dial and hearing the same old Top 40 stuff being overplayed? Do you go to bed at night dreaming of a station that will play music you want to hear all the time? Whether you're driving in your car or chilling on the porch, leave your dial here at 88.1 WMUL, progressive music, and other stuff that you want to hear. Having a good time. I want my Broadcast voice of Marshall University, WMUL FM, Huntington. Aw, the radio won't work. You should worry less about that radio and concentrate on fishing. Besides, there's nothing good to listen to on the radio nowadays. Here we go again. Back in my day, music was good. It played all those good oldies that I love. Of course, they were called newies back then. But Grandpa, if we turn to 88.1 WMUL, we can listen to oldies. Huh? We can also listen to alternative, blues, jazz, hip-hop, and more. All that in one station? Then hurry up, boy, get that radio working! 88.1 WMUL, the cutting edge since 1961. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best newscast in the state of West Virginia by the Associated Press. I'm Michaela Wheeler. And I'm Carter Truman. Unemployment rates fell in all 55 of West Virginia's counties in March. Workforce West Virginia says Jefferson County's seasonal un unadjusted unemployment rate of 3.8% was the lowest in the state, followed by Pendleton County at 3.9% and Montegalia County at 4.3%. Calhoun County had the highest unemployment rate at 14.9%, Roan County was next at 11%, and Mingo County was at 9.9%. Statewide, the seasonal adjusted unemployment rate was at 5.9% in March, following below six, falling below 6% for the first time since the coronavirus pandemic hit a year ago. The national rate was 6%. Preliminary state data shows the number of fatal drug overdoses in West Virginia hit a record last year. The Associated Press reports the increase comes after two years of declining numbers in a state often called the epicenter of the national drug crisis. The new numbers are a 25% increase from the 1,019 overdose deaths in 2017, which previously was the only year overdose deaths exceeded 1,000 people in West Virginia. The overdose data was compiled from death certificates certified by the Office of the Chief Medical Officer and are not final, meaning numbers could rise. All nonstop flights that were suspended last year in Charleston, West Virginia, will be fully restored after American Airlines announced the resumption of service to Philadelphia. The Charleston Gazette-Mail reports that service between Charleston's Jaeger Airport and Philadelphia International Airport will resume on June 3rd. American Airlines restored its nonstop daily service in February between Jaeger and Ronald Reagan Washington National Airport. Spirit Airlines is set to resume a seasonal schedule of twice-weekly nonstop flights between Charleston and Myrtle Beach, 
South Carolina on May 6. Those flights will will operate through Labor Day weekend. A $750,000 federal loan to a lender in Elkins, West Virginia, will fund loans for small businesses in three north-central counties. The state's U.S. Senators announced yesterday that businesses in the counties of Barber, Randolph, and Tucker will be eligible. The U.S. Department of Agriculture made the loan to the Woodlands Community Lenders as part of its Rural Development Investment Program. Republican Senator Shelley Moore Capito and Democratic Senator Joe Manchin praised it as they hoped for economic growth. A jury deliberated for less than an hour Thursday before convicting a West Virginia woman charged in the death of her five-year-old grandson. The exponent telegram reported that 49-year-old Michelle Lynn Boggs of Lost Creek wept at the verdict, finding her guilty of knowingly allowing death of a child by parent, guardian, or custodian by child abuse. She is the second person convicted in the 2020 death of Keaton Michael Elliott Boggs, her son-in-law, Peter James Wadzinski Jr. was convicted last month, and her daughter, Chastity Wadzinski, is awaiting trial. The boy died after suffering head trauma, numerous bruises, and lacerations on his genital region. Coming up next, Laura Pausini is ready to sing at the Oscars. That and more news from around the nation when New Center Idiot returns. Stay with us. Merlin, I need your help. The armies of darkness are at Camelot's gates, but Excalibur is destroyed. Fear not, Arthur, for I have in my hands a weapon far more powerful than the world has ever seen. The pure, sweet song of its blade leaving the sheath is able to pierce the air itself. This sword doesn't have a name. It is WMUL, the cutting edge. Are you tired of spinning that dial and hearing the same old Top 40 stuff being overplayed? Do you go to bed at night dreaming of a station that will play music you want to hear all the time? Whether you're driving in your car or chilling on the porch, leave your dial here at 88.1 WMUL, progressive music, and other stuff that you want to hear. Having a good time. Dastardly plans to pollute the airwaves with Nickelback is almost to rotten fruition. We must let our powers combine. Jazz. Avant winning news in sports. Rock and roll. Flashback. Ska. With your powers combined, I am WMUL. Oh no! WMUL's award-winning radio programming is kicking my... 88.1 WMUL. Welcome back to News Center 88. Voted Best News Program by the National Broadcasting Society. I'm Michaela Wheeler. And I'm Carter Truman. Georgia's Attorney General has resigned as chairman of the National Republican Attorneys General Association. Chris Carr says he has, quote, a fundamental difference of opinion, unquote, with some of the other members of the group. That split dates back to a robocall the group sent encouraging the crowd that breached the Capitol on January 6th Carr said in his resignation letter that he tried to restore the group's reputation, but now the board has made Peter Brisby the executive director. Brisby was responsible for the much-criticized robocall. 
Re Rebecca Galanti of the Georgia Democrats says Carr's resignation now does, doesn't change the fact that his group contributed to a deadly riot. A $25 million lawsuit blames an energy corporation and the workboat company it hired for an offshore Gulf of Mexico disaster that killed 13 people. The suit was filed in state court in Houston on behalf of Hannah Daspit. Her husband, Dylan Daspit, was aboard the Secret Power when it capsized on April 13th. His body had yet to be recovered as of today. The suit blames both companies for failing to assess weather conditions when the lift boat went out. It accuses Talos of, quote, ordering the vessel to sea in unsafe conditions, unquote. Neither company has commented on the suit. Ohio's Youth Correctional Agency says it identified multiple policy violations by staff as it investigated the death of a teenager found dead last year in a juvenile detention center. 17-year-old Robert Wright was found dead August 31st at Circle Circleville Juvenile Correctional Facility. Ryan Geis is the director of the Department of Youth Services. Geis said Friday that staff members didn't properly conduct rounds to check on sleeping youth that morning. He also said two staff members were seen sleeping on their shift. He also says there was a delay in providing CPR to the teen after he was discovered unresponsive in his cell. A prosecutor says the Chicago man charged with attempted murder and a road rage shooting that left a toddler critically wounded opened fire on the vehicle even after he was told there was a child inside. At a bond hearing today, Cook County Assistant State's Attorney Kevin DeBoney said DeAndre Binion fired four to five shots from inside his SUV on April 6th and four to five times more after he climbed out and stood on the roadway. One of the bullets struck 21-month-old Caden Swan in the temple. DeBoney says Caden is no longer in intensive care. The judge ordered the 25-year-old Binion held without bond. Laura Passini was so emotionally affected by the pandemic last year that she even thought she would never sing again. This Sunday, she will perform for the biggest event in Hollywood, the Academy Awards, where she will sing the, nominate, no, the nominated song, EOC, from the, from the Life Ahead, during a pre-show ceremony. Co-written by Passini and Diane Warren, it has already won the Golden Globe and on Sunday could become the first song entirely in Italian to receive an Oscar. The 93rd Academy Awards will be aired live on Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ABC. Coming up next, number three House Democrat Representative Clyburn fined $5,000 over screening. Your daily political update when News Center 88 returns right after this. This is the story of Daniel, who was born two months early. His lungs weren't ready. His heart wasn't ready. His parents could only hope that one day he would leave the hospital healthy, and they would all live happily ever after. Daniel's is just one of the more than 500,000 stories of babies born prematurely last year. You can help the March of Dimes stop premature birth and bring more babies home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.com. Working together for stronger, healthier babies. Ball is in the air. We're underway at Jones C. Everson. Don't just listen to the game. Find out what to expect with the WMUL pregame show. 
At least 15 minutes before every game, the FM88 sports team discusses the key matchups and strategies. Marshall is going to have its hands full with Memphis's athleticism and speed all night long. I really think that people want to see the ball go to Cody Slate. He's a fan favorite. you got to play simple soccer. That's what you do. You want to pressure, but you don't want to overforce things. Just you gamble and take a chance. A team like SMU will take advantage. On down the line, you see a lot of depth and a lot of capability. This team has the ability to get hits every single time they go to the plate. They're able to move the ball around really well. They have four players with over 100 kills, and they're a great team defensively. So before kickoff, tip-off, first pitch, or first serve, get award-winning analysis from an award-winning station. The WMUL Pregame Show, only on 88.1 WMUL. I just wanted to eat like a normal human being, you know? Just something I could hold down without the horrible pain. Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis are diseases that attack the digestive system. A feeding tube's not my idea of a good meal. At the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America, we're excited about the latest research. Then there was this new drug. Thousands of people are being treated with new drug therapies. Doc said it doesn't work for everyone, but I got lucky. To help, visit ccfa.org. Now I'm taking food the old-fashioned way. I'm eating it. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Michaela Wheeler. And I'm Carter Truman. A senior Afghan politician and a well placed public figure, say CIA Director William Burns, made a recent unannounced visit to the Afghan capital of Kabul. The trip by Burns came as concerns mount about Afghanistan capability to fight terrorism once the U.S. Had with, has withdrawn its remaining troops by summer. Separately, a senior former Afghan security official says two of six counterterrorism units trained and run by the CIA have already been transferred to Afghan control. U.S. officials have cautioned that Afghan, Afghanistan pullout poses some security risk by diminishing intelligence gathering, but they say the extremist group al-Qaeda and the Isla and Islamic State have been significantly weakened in recent years. For a second time this month, Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro has reached an agreement with the sort of global aid agencies he has often shunned to bring help to his country's people. Maduro this week signed a deal to let the United Nations World Food Program provide school meals for 1.5 million children. It follows an agreement worked out with another agency to access COVID-19 vaccines under a UN-backed program. Maduro, for years, had rejected numerous humanitarian aid offers as unnecessary and has veiled attempts by the United States and other hostile forces to destabilize his socialist government. That stance appears to have wavered amid continuing hardships. The Senate has passed legislation to combat the rise of hate crimes against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. The measure would expedite the review of hate crimes and provide support for local law enforcement in response to thousands of reported violent incidents in the past year. The House is expected to consider a similar bill in the coming weeks. Police have seen a noted uptick in such crimes against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders during the coronavirus pandemic. The Senate's bipartisan denunciation of such violence is a, mod is a modest step toward legislating in a chamber where most of the President Joe Biden's agenda has stalled. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has reached an agreement with the Sem Seminole tribe that would greatly expand gambling in state, including the introduction of legalized sports wagering. The tribe would be allowed to offer sports gambling at its casinos in South Florida and near Tampa, and will be allowed to license horse tracks to accept such wagers on its behalf for a share of the income. 
That's according to a memo sent by state Senate President Wilton Simpson to his members today. The tribe will also be allowed to introduce craps and roulette as its casinos, including the popular Hard Rock Casino near Fort Lauderdale. The legislature still must approve the 30-year pact. The House Ethics Committee says the number three House Democratic leader, Representative Jim Clyburn, has been fined $5,000 after Capitol Police reported he avoided being screened before entering the House chamber. The ethics panel said Friday that the Democrat from South Carolina has appealed the fine. Clyburn is 80 and serving his 15th term in Congress. Clyburn is the first Democrat to be fined under security screening rules that the House imposed on its members after the violent January 6th storming of the Capitol by supporters of then-President Donald Trump. Three Republicans have also been fined. And coming up, Bradley Wells will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast. And Christian Palmer will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. Stay with us. So what does WMUL mean by the cutting edge? Well, not this, but this. Marshall University students say it's not easy being Greek. Nope, not this either. But this, oh yeah. And finally, 0% this, but 100% this. Got it! Touchdown! Thundering herd! So the cutting edge means award-winning news, music, and sports. Not, uh, cutting stuff. 88.1 WMUL. The worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the fifth oldest stadium in college football, Nipper Stadium. Buckeye Field, Columbus, Ohio, Thundering Herd, and the 24th ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Here in Raleigh, North Carolina, at Coke Field at Dale Park. At the UK Soccer Complex in the heart of bluegrass country, Lexington, Kentucky. Welcome back to Houston, Texas, the site of the 2008 Conference USA Softball Tournament. WMUL-FM, Huntington. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Bradley Wells. It is now time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. With more clouds than sun today, we still managed to make it back to the seasonable April day with an afternoon high reaching the 60-degree mark. Not that we could really complain after we saw temps in the 20s just a day or so ago. Good news is, is we'll stay spring-like for the weekend. The clouds will begin to break up as we head into the evening hours, giving us mostly clear skies and an overnight low of 42. Unfortunately, the calm and cl- clear conditions won't stick around for long. Saturday, we'll see increasing clouds as we expect the arrival of another cold front into the area. Luckily, it won't bring the cold like we saw on Wednesday. Morning temps will start in the mid-40s with afternoon high reaching 59 degrees. Rain moves in for the afternoon with some heavy downpours possible. Saturday night, we'll see rain becoming widespread across the area, lasting into the overnight hours. We could see some local flooding issues in poor drainage areas, especially street ponding, by early evening. Overnight lows staying mild in the upper 40s. Sunday looks to be the better of the two weekend days as we as the rain exits and clouds break away for a partly sunny day. Morning temps will start near the 50-degree mark, but with more sunshine, we'll see afternoon temps climb to the mid to upper 60s. We'll stay clear and dry Sunday evening, but a chillier overnight with lows dipping back into the low 40s. While we experience our little roller coaster week from Mother Nature, today's weather in history shows April is really a mixed bag of weather weirdness. Back on this day in 1990, thunderstorms and record warmth blanketed the plains. Large tennis ball-sized hail fell at Lake McKenzie, Texas, and 90-mile-an-hour winds were reported across Oklahoma. Even to the north in Minnesota, over 6.5 inches of rain fell near Browndale. 
in Fargo, North Dakota, record warmth brought the thermometer all the way up to 91 degrees. That city's still standing record. Proof that April is really an up or down kind of month. Be sure to check it back with the New Center 88 weather desk starting Monday to see if our up and down April will behave for commencement day weekend next week. Currently outside the WMUL studios, it is a cloudy 61 degrees. That is your Metro Huntington weather forecast for the New Center 88 team. I am Bradley Wells. Thanks, Bradley. Now Christian Palmer joins us with the FM 88 Sports Report. Thanks, guys. Starting in Marshall Sports News, there will be action on the diamond for both the Marshall softball and baseball teams today. Marshall softball takes on Conference USA opponent FIU today with that game starting at 5 o'clock. We will have that game for you here on the air at WMUL. Scott Hall will have the call for that matchup. Marshall Baseball is also in action today as they start a four-game series against the number 14 team in the nation, La Tech. Today's matchup between the two teams is scheduled to start at 3 p.m. In NCAA basketball news, Terrence Clark, former Kentucky basketball star, died in a crash yesterday in Los Angeles. Clark was just 19 years old. I am absolutely gutted and sick tonight, Kentucky head coach John Calipari said in a statement, a young person who we all love just lost his life too soon, one with all of his dreams and hopes ahead of him. Terrence Clark was a beautiful kid, someone who owned the room with his personality, smile, and joy. People gravitated to him, and to hear we have lost him is just hard for all of us to comprehend right now. We are all in shock, said Coach Calipari. Clark was reportedly working out in Southern California in preparation for the 2021 NBA draft prior to the crash. After one season with the Wildcats, Clark announced he was turning pro and signing with an agent. In announcing his decision to turn pro, Clark said the opportunity to play for the Wildcats was a lifelong goal and the experience was one he would keep with him forever. In NBA news, the defending champs, the Los Angeles Lakers, will get a big boost to their lineup tonight. Anthony Davis is returning to action after missing over two months of play. Anthony Davis has not played a game since February 14th. Davis has not played due to an Achilles and calf injuries that hit him back-to-back. The Lakers are limiting how much action Davis will see tonight in an attempt to ease him back into play. Davis will play a maximum of just 15 minutes today and will not play any of the second half. In other NBA news, Atlanta Hawks point guard Trey Young was able to avoid serious injury to his ankle after initial concerns. Young suffered an ankle injury Wednesday night against the New York Knicks. The diagnosis for the injury was a grade 2 lateral sprain the best possible news that the Hawks and Young could hope for. Young will be allowed to return to play once swelling and discomfort go down. In boxing news, according to TMZ Sports, Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Logan Paul are targeting to meet in the ring as soon as June 5th. The exhibition match between these two fighters was originally scheduled for February 20th, after Mayweather announced in December that he had accepted the fight offer from Paul. Two weeks before February 20th, 
the promoters of the fight announced that it was being postponed. Mayweather, who has never lost a boxing match in his professional career, will look to continue that streak against Logan Paul, the YouTube sensation who is winless in both of his two career boxing matches. In early June, boxing fans of new and old will get another night of exciting fights headlined by these two superstar names. That will do it for the FM88 Sports Report. For the FM88 Sports Team, I'm Christian Palmer. Thanks, Christian. When we return on News Center 88, another gender reveal goes bad. Stay with us to find out more right after this on News Center 88. Not all superheroes wear capes. Most wear jeans or sweaters or suits, just like ordinary people, because that's what they are. They are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, men and women whose superpowers are the capacity to care and the desire to make the world better. So the next time you need a superhero, don't look in the sky, look in the mirror. Learn more at rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion. Oh, and finally today on News Center 88, people throw gender reveal parties to let family members and close friends know what what's going on as far as a pregnancy is concerned. But some people in New Hampshire had a gender reveal event that left people several towns away and as far away as Massachusetts wondering what was going on. Police in Kingston got reports of a loud blast Tuesday. Some thought it was an earthquake. The sound was traced to a quarry where people found people found people, police found people who acknowledged using explosives for a gender reveal. No one was hurt. Police are considering pressing charges. Talk about being shell-shocked. It's what happened to a 71-year-old woman riding with her daughter on Interstate 95 in Florida. The old woman got a gashed forehead when a turtle smashed through the windshield of their car. The daughter pulled off the road, got help, and called 911. The woman wasn't badly hurt. The turtle was even more fortunate, ending up with only scratches on its shell and was returned to some nearby woods. It's believed the turtle was trying to cross the interstate and got knocked into the air by another vehicle. And that does it for this edition of News Center 88. Be sure to tune in Monday at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University in the Tri-State area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Mac Michaela Wheeler, Christian Palmer, Bradley Wells, Alex Jackson, and the entire New Center 88 team, I'm Carter Truman, and your thought of the day is, build your own dreams, or someone else will hire you to build theirs. Farrah Gray.